0: Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. beautiful worship. As usual, thank you worship team for ushering us into his beautiful presence. Uh, let's give them a round of applause. Amen. Amen. Thank you for blessing the people of God with your gifting. Amen. Morning, morning, <laughs> morning. We have been going through a month and the season of appreciation, amen, we've looked at appreciation in marriage, appreciating God, and today, I wanted to talk about appreciating self. I'm not talking about boosting ego or bragging. Uh, a lot of people do that on social media nowadays. <laughs> But I wanted to talk about confidently confessing, accepting, and declaring who God says you are. Amen. It's really important. Many times we talk down on ourselves. One of the saddest stories in the Bible is when ten grown men valiant men, solid warriors were selected. They were handpicked among the thousands upon thousands of people who were in the nation. They were handpicked. In fact, there were 12 of them. They were handpicked to go and spy out the enemy's land. And then these 10 strong men came back and they said we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. But it was understandable. They were coming from slavery. They were coming from a system that had been designed to oppress them, to make them feel they were worthless. And when you are told you are worthless all the time, <laughs> at some point you believe it. So when they saw giants in the land, they cowered. Very, very sad story. So I wanted to encourage us to stop. You know, there's something called the Ghanaian humility. <laughs> you know? Yes, you, you know, titles shouldn't define us. You know, we are bigger than our titles. Amen. But to also downplay who God, where God has brought us and who he has made us doesn't glorify him. Amen. That kind of humility is actually pride. <laughs> but as I was preparing to share that, I just felt strongly that maybe what we should focus on this morning is once again appreciating each other. Amen. And this morning specifically, I wanted to reference 2 uh, Samuel chapter 1. So in First Samuel, the, the book of First and Second Samuel are actually one book. It was originally written as one account. It's a very, very historic account of how God established Israel as a nation. And it is the book that establishes clearly how Israel moved from theocracy, from a system of leadership where they were a nation whose God was also their king, in a very literal sense. They moved from a nation that took direct instructions from God and were compelled to live by the ordinances, decrees, and commands of God. To a nation, they, they, they transition from that into a monarchy. Amen. Today, many people call nations like Ghana a Christian nation. But trust me, for about over 3,000 years now, God has not been interested in a theocracy. <laughs> he tried it with Israel, and it didn't work. Because you can't let somebody love God by law. Somebody can only love God by choice. Amen. So, theocracy, it's nice. It's a very beautiful concept, and I know Christians love it. They love to say, We are a Christian nation. But we also all know that the evidence on the ground is that Christ hardly ever appears in our transactions because you can't. Instruct people to love God by law. Many of you work in companies where you have morning devotion every morning. And yet you know that it has absolutely no impact on the, con- on the conversations that happen immediately after the morning devotion. In all the dealings of the day, the morning devotion has zero impact. But it makes you feel good. You cannot let people love God by law. Or by decree. You have to choose you this day whom you will serve. And as Joshua clearly declared, he said, As for me and my house, we have chosen that we will serve the Lord. But you also have to choose. So when we get to the end of First Samuel, we see 40 years of the reign of the first king of Israel a generation 40 years represents a generation so israel the first generation of people who were established under a monarchy had passed and it was turbulent <laughs> it had been turbulent and in chapter 1 of second samuel the first king of israel saul had died along with his three sons in battle against the philistines And uh, David, a person who had been persecuted heavily by Saul, writes a song in honor of, of Saul, the late King Saul, and his son Jonathan. And this is what he says. Verse 17 says, Then David composed a funeral song for Saul and Jonathan, and he commanded that it be taught to the people of Judah, It is known as the song of the bow, and it is recorded in the book of Joshua. Your pride and joy, O Israel, lies dead on the hills. I prefer how the King James puts it. Thy glory, O Israel, is slain upon thy high places. Oh, how the mighty heroes are fallen. Don't announce the news in Gath. Don't proclaim it in the streets of Ashkelon. Or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice, and the pagans will laugh in triumph. All mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew or rain upon you, nor fruitful fields producing offerings of grain. For there, the shield of the mighty heroes was defiled. The shield of Saul will no longer be anointed with oil." Verse 22: "The bow of Jonathan was powerful. And the sword of Saul did its mighty work. They shed the blood of their enemies and pierced the bodies of mighty heroes. How beloved and gracious were Saul and Jonathan. They were together in life and in death. They were swifter than eagles, stronger than lions. O women of Israel, weep for Saul. For he dressed you in luxurious scarlet clothing In garments decorated with gold. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies dead on the hills. How I weep for you, my brother Jonathan. Oh, how much I loved you. And your love for me was deep. Deeper than the love of women. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen. Stripped of their weapons, they lie dead. This is the reading of God's word. After reading this song, this song that David decreed that everybody, if you go to school, they have to teach you this song. Everybody in Judah must sing this song. Whether you like it or not, you have to know this song. A song honoring Saul and Jonathan. And yet, if you read, those of us who are on Clubhouse sweeter than honey—we've been going through First Samuel. We are pretty much at uh, thirty-one, which is the last chapter, so we are pretty much done studying the book of First Samuel. And there is nowhere where you get the impression that King Saul was gracious. All we see—the whole account focuses mainly on his weaknesses, on his flaws. But in verse 23 of 1 Samuel chapter 1, David writes and says, how beloved and gracious were Saul and Jonathan. Like David, did you ever tell Saul in his lifetime that he was a gracious man? Did you ever see those virtues when he was alive? It was in death that he realized how united, how King Saul actually had a very strong relationship with his children. Remember when David's father was asked if he had a son God could anoint us king, he had forgotten he had a son called David. And yet when David gets into the house of Saul, he's surprised at how close, how close-knit Saul's family was. Father, solid father-son relationship. But he never told King Saul, Oh, I admire how close you are to your children. Until in death, when the man couldn't hear him anymore, he rises and says, You and your son were united, both in life and in death. And then he tells the women of Israel, These were the women who had ridiculed Saul because David killed Goliath. And they had sung a song and said, Saul has killed his thousand and David his ten thousand. He writes, Oh, women of Israel, weep for Saul, for he dressed you in luxurious scarlet clothing, in garments decorated with gold. What is he talking about? He was talking about a king under whose reigns the lot of the women of their nation improved. <laughs> there was economic growth during the dispensation of King Saul. But we don't get any sense of this when we read the recorded account in 1 Samuel. I mean, either human beings just have a tendency to only remember or focus on your bad sides, or David is a liar. (laughs) But I don't think King David is a liar there were many positive things he Did He had a lot of good virtues also. But we don't see that until he's dead and then somebody writes an obituary, they go for the funeral and they, they read tributes. Like, hey, we didn't know you love your husband though. The way you were always blasting him. We <laughs> didn't you, you loved your wife. You know. Okay, I think somebody is fidgeting with something there. And I think this morning when it comes to the topic of appreciation, the core message I want to give all, all of us is, you know, it is easy to focus on people's bad sides. But it's not necessarily a temptation you have to yield to. Amen. See the good in the people God brings into your life and focus on their good sides and commend them and praise them and appreciate the good you see in them. Amen. The first proper example of a family that was together that David ever witnessed was in King Saul's house. If David could be king and knew protocol and know what to do, it was because he got to spend time in King Saul's palace. He saw how the system worked. If David could be sung about... <laughs> okay, if David could be sung about, it was because Saul gave him the opportunity to fight Goliath. When he showed up without military experience, King Saul could have told David, you don't have experience, go and sit somewhere. Let me find a more experienced soldier to go and fight Goliath. But he said, in spite of your inexperience, because of your courage, I will give you an opportunity. But it took the death of Saul for David to remember that if he stands tall today, is because he got to stand on the shoulder of a giant. I want to encourage all of us. There may be people in our lives who really frustrate us, especially if we have to live with them in the day to day. know, They frustrate us with certain habits and they can be cranky like me, especially in the morning because I'm not a morning person. So I can be very (laughs) cranky in the morning, or just annoying. Like if you ask people like Eugene, they'll tell you, "Monaco is so annoying." I think one time he said, "I'm the most annoying person he knows on earth." Out of the like five billion or something people, you know, like I have a degree. Like my specialty is annoying people, you know. (laughs) But Someday he may read an obituary and you see that, oh, apart from he being annoying, there were some good things <laughs> also in him. But this is the human condition. Amen. All of us are like this. All of us. All of us. And then, and that is the beautiful thing about death death has a way of making the storm settle. like When the person is alive, you won't pick their calls. You uh, don't want to hear their voice. And then the day comes when even if you want to hear their voice, you can't. The voice is gone forever. And then the storms settle. And then little things become little things again. And they were like, I can't believe for 20 years I didn't speak to my mom over such a little matter. I can't believe I didn't go and visit my dad in 40 years over this. But you see sometimes it actually takes death to see the good in people. And this is David's experience in 2nd Samuel chapter 1 from verse 17. One great example of what we should do is set for us by the Apostle Paul. Amazing man, great example. A lot of women don't like him because of how he said they should keep quiet in church and how they should submit to their own husbands. Yes, so Paul also had his own issues. Everybody has their own issues. But once you forget his chauvinistic side, I don't know, it's debatable. Maybe he was a chauvinist, maybe he was not. Whatever it is, he had a lot of great virtues. And some we see in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, I take us to 2 Timothy because it is believed to be the last letter he ever wrote. Amen. And unlike a lot of the letters that he wrote and it was meant to be read to the churches, he wrote this as his very personal letter to his dear son, Timothy. Amen. Paul had had the privilege of discipling many, many people over many, many years. But Timothy was very special to him. So he writes, he writes to Timothy, sorry, one second, there's all these devices where you have to enter passcodes and he writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and says, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. I've been sent out to tell others about a life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. I am writing to Timothy, my dear son. May, the God, sorry, may God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. And then this is what he tells Timothy. Versus he says, Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did night and day. I consistently remember you in my prayers. Paul wasn't waiting for Timothy to die, and then he would write a beautiful song about him whilst Timothy was alive. In fact, as a young pastor who could do with encouragement, old man Paul writes... And says, Timothy, I thank God for you. Amen. If there is anybody God has brought into your life, whether they are a colleague at work, they are a member of your family, and they particularly upset you, this morning I want you to remember some of their good parts. And after church, send them a message and say, I thank God for you. And find at least one good thing. About them, that has been a blessing to you. Some word of advice. Some information they gave you. Anything, any good thing. Write to them and say, I thank God for you. And he continues. I long to see you again. For I remember your tears as we parted. And I'll be filled with joy when we are together again. Then he continues. Why, why, why do you thank God for me? So now he's listing why he thanks God for Timothy. And he says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Amen. He says, I thank God for you. Paul is very intentional in his appreciation of Timothy. Amen. And he had taken his time to look at the people who mentored Timothy before he even met him. And says, oh, your grandmother, Lois. Powerful woman. Your mother, Eunice, may have married a Greek, but her faith in God didn't change. You know, I thank God for the women who raised you. From the account, it, uh, it seems to appear as though Timothy hadn't had a father figure in his life. And Paul intentionally filled that role. Amen. He says, I thank God for you. Amen. And then he goes on and tells him, I want you to know that God has not given us the, the spirit of fear. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear and timidity. When you grow up without a father figure in your life, remember I didn't say a father. In Africa, it is very, very easy to not have a father but because we grew up in compound houses with with uncles and neighbors and all that, many of us were blessed with father figures, amen. But if you grow up without a father figure in your life, it can really steal from your confidence and your courage. Or if you have a father who never makes you know that he thanks God for having a daughter like you or a son like you. You You don't have a parent who appreciates you and lets you know what you mean to them, you grew up and you are timid. You always think you are not good enough. You see, this is the mystery about this world. As intelligent as human beings are, as clever as we are, we've been to the moon, we've been to wherever, all these planets, but you know, as a human being, you never see your own face. There is no technology that is invented that makes you actually see your own face. The only time you see your face is actually just a reflection. That's why (laughs) marketers, when you go to a a boutique to buy clothes and you decide to use their mirror, the particular mirrors they have in there are designed to make you look slimmer. (laughs) They know the average person wants to lose weight. So they put in mirrors that make you look slimmer. Why? Because you can't remove your face and look at yourself directly and objectively assess yourself. So actually, your sense of self-worth and self-value, all of it is because of what others have told you. Everything you believe about yourself, it is because of what somebody told you. And this is why appreciation is critical. So when there are people in your life and they bless you in any way, in any way at all, please let them know. Amen. Don't wait for them to die and then come and write a beautiful song and force people to learn the song by force. Why am I learning a song about somebody who has died? (laughs) They are dead and gone. Did you tell them when they were alive? Then you write, thy glory, O Israel, is slain upon thy high places. How are the mighty fallen? Tell it not in God. Publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon. It's late. Tell me when I am alive. If you annoy me, you are so annoying. I know, I know, okay. This is one of my gifts. Praise God. I can annoy. <laughs> Amen. Because you will never see your own face. So if you have a parent who always tells you, why are you so slow? You grow up and you believe you are slow. (laughs) It doesn't matter how fast you actually are. You believe you are slow. Because that's all you heard. That's, That's all you heard. And this is why you can find very, very gifted people, super talented, super gifted, super blessed, who have absolutely no confidence in their ability. Absolutely no confidence. You know, sometimes you watch some of these programs, American Idols, British Got Talent, whatever they are, and after 40 years of being a mechanic, you know, and, you know, the the body, that build, you can see this person has been fixing cars, since uh, 1842, you know? And, and they come and stand there, and they're like, oh, well, last year my daughter uh, encouraged me to sing, and finally I have mastered the courage, and I want to sing. And you look at them, and you're like, how can a person who looks like a piece of brick sing? And then they start singing. Like, whoa. This person can't sing. And yet all their life, They never thought it was anything special because nobody told them it was special. This morning, we may actually go over by between five to ten minutes. You have to forgive us. The worship team was in the spirit and they wouldn't come back to earth. So we allow them to stay there. (laughs) Amen. But please, appreciate now. Amen. Appreciate the people God has blessed you with now. If you're sitting here in ACC today, it was because when God gave us the vision for this church, it's a very simple vision. Create a safe place, a safe place my people can worship. Safe place. Safe place where they can worship me. You know, not worship some pastor. <laughs> no, where they can worship God in spirit and in truth. And they can have solid relationships and it is safe and it is respectful because too many of God's children are running away from church. You know? And the moment we started sharing the vision, we have people who jumped in and said, oh, you, you want to... Re- no, 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 no. I, I, I'll, I'll bring some money. You know, I'm, I'm showing this here. I'm like, oh, but we haven't even registered. I so, said, okay, don't worry. I'll do that registration and also add this money. Even before... The church was registered. And then you have people like Brother John who would walk throughout Accra. You know, comb through neighborhoods by foot, because if you're in a car, the car moves too fast. Looking for a good place where we could worship. And finally, (laughs) one day he can say, NK, do you remember where we used to there? Yeah, there's a new place there. They've done a new building. Amen. People consistently give to this church. Amen. Not just in terms of money, but in time. In in counsel. We started our online prayer meeting when COVID hit. We started that that everyday online prayer meeting we're doing. We started because I spoke to my big brother Paco and was like, you know, have you guys thought about this? This is very, very helpful, you know? His voice is deeper than I said, have you guys thought about it? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, this is such a... And we started. And it really, really helped us go through that pandemic. I can mention name after name after name after name after name after name. Amen. And this morning, I want you to know that I appreciate you. Amen. People walk into this church and they can't believe that... I mean, I'll say this. They can't believe, because there's no white person here today, so I can say. They can't believe that uh, it's not a white people's church. (laughs) Like... How come you guys are so organized? You are not rowdy. You start on time. Today that I'm saying this, we won't close on time. But typically, we close on time. <laughs> like, how? No, because of the people. Amen. You have people here who are punctual and who are committed and who are focused. and, and who <laughs> So it works. You'll be in a meeting with Calvin and whether you appoint him or not he'll make himself a timekeeper so once you say we cl- we are closing at 10:30 at 10:21 and he always waits for the odd times you know like oh, okay guys we have 9 minutes more I'm like make it you know make it, tell us what ten- who says 9 minutes more you know we have 2 minutes 30 seconds more i'm like you know what's this you know but he'll make sure 10:30 you are closed you know and we appreciate you amen Amen. Let's appreciate each other. You know, some of us travel to church. Some of us come to church, and then there are those who travel to church. You know, recently my wife went to visit Brother Senior. I think he wasn't home, but Sister Naki was there. She's like, "Hey, I thought our house is far, but Brother Senior, to his house is far." Oh. I said, uh, there are those of us who travel to come to church, you know, but you, you won't know, you know, because we all try to get here on time, you know, and, and but God sees these things, and we appreciate you also, amen, let's appreciate one another, amen, not just in the church, but in your life, make it a habit, like if, you, all through Paul's letters, he will mention names, and you know, give you reasons why he appreciates this person, take my greetings to that person, let that person know this, And if he's unhappy with you too, he he'll say it. (laughs) But it's a beautiful, beautiful culture to develop. So this morning, this is the end of my sermon. I want you to know that I appreciate you. Amen. I'm not... When it comes to people's skills, I don't have the greatest people's skills. But I know that my wife, she, she can call everybody and they can talk for hours. And she's everybody's friend. You know? Me as and when the spirit moves, then I can, I can be chatty. But typically, I'm very happy in my corner. I'll pray for you, you know, think about you and all that, but it, it doesn't come as naturally and as easily. You know, so I'm, I'm not like her, you know. And I really appreciate that because I know that. I'll give you a quick example. So yesterday I called Brother Edwin or Uncle Edwin because I haven't spoken to him in a long time. And I didn't even know his wife was back, because I knew that she had traveled. And he's like, oh, she's back. Oh, your wife knows. Oh, your wife knows. (laughs) Your wife knows. (laughs) Your wife, everything my wife knows. And I think at some point, she gets tired updating me. (laughs) So that update was, uh, yeah, it wasn't up to date. But, But that's it. So we all have giftings and we all have abilities. And in any way, in any way, we bless each other. Let each other know. Amen. Amen. Let's not only talk when we are unhappy. If you read the book of 1 Samuel, you don't see any good thing in Saul. And yet when they wrote his tribute, you're like, wow, there were some good things in him. Amen. Let's appreciate people while they are alive. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that may this wisdom Paul so beautifully demonstrates in his letters help us be our guide, Lord. Help us appreciate the people you bless us with, our spouses, our children, our colleagues at work, our family, both nuclear and extended, the church family, and in community in general. Father, make us a people who are known for, for seeing the good in others and commending them. Because it is one of the easiest ways, one of the cheapest, yet one of the most powerful ways to bless people. We thank you for this. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.